Hello, and welcome back to our podcast series on the top shelf, which deals with topical issues in IFRS that impact clients operating in the retail and consumer industry. My name is Shreya, and I am a senior manager in PwC's corporate reporting services. Today on the podcast, I've got Renal Fury. Ronal is an associate director in the corporate reporting services team and leads the South African retail and consumer markets reporting team. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Shreya. Glad to be back. Ronal, I was reading through the 2022 PwC Consumer Insights Survey and I saw something quite interesting. In South Africa, approximately 35% of customers have made the switch to buying products online. Consumers, empowered by technology, are more likely to use comparison sites to seek product availability and shop across multiple retailers. Now, I think off the back of the pandemic, many consumers have expanded their channels to market, that is, ways to access their customer, in particularly using online purchase options like websites or apps. So that surely brings with it a number of accounting considerations, right? Yes, it does, Shreya. Let's think about the number of channels to market. New channels will often result in different shipping terms and might include partnering arrangements with delivery services. For new arrangements, management will need to consider whether the delivery terms introduce a separate performance obligation and determine when control of the goods transferred to the customer. That is, upon transfer to the delivery firm or actually upon delivery. Specifically, management will need to consider whether or not control of the goods has transferred to the customer before delivery, because that impacts on the timing of revenue recognition. If yes, then the obligation or promise to deliver the goods is likely to be a separate performance obligation. If delivery is not a separate performance obligation, then the action of delivering the goods is a fulfillment activity. Renal, you've mentioned a couple of important points there, but something that also comes to mind is the principal agent analysis for all the parties that are part of that arrangement. Can you unpack that for us a bit more? Yes, certainly. So maybe I could use the example of drop shipment. So if an entity undertakes what's commonly known as drop shipments, where you take an order from a customer, maybe online, for the purchase of goods and then liaise with the supplier to deliver these goods directly to the customer on your behalf. That could suggest some analysis um, being needed for agent principle. So for example, if the supplier has full discretion when establishing the price of products pertaining to the drop shipments, if the invoice to the customer is in the name of the supplier, and the supplier is responsible for the overall management of the transaction and to ensure that the customer receives the product, chances are that the supplier might actually be the principal in that arrangement. Thanks, Ronal, for recapping those important principles for us. I think beyond the principal agent issue, there's also disclosure to consider, right? So if an entity's online business activity increases, it might now comprise a significant portion of the entity's combined revenue. 
As a result, management should probably consider if it has another category of revenue for its disaggregated revenue disclosures, thinking a bit about IFRS 15 here, or even a new operating segment that requires some type of disclosure, thinking there about IFRS 8, our segments disclosure, if there is discrete information that is regularly reviewed by that chief operating decision maker. Yes, we've had the JSE actually asking this question when it comes to IFRS 15, the new revenue standard, specifically relating to disclosures by sales channel. It's important for entities to monitor that split. Companies should also be cognizant of how they speak about their product and sales channels in the public domain. With the shift to omni-channel sales for retailers, online sales compared to in-store sales often form part of the analysis that analysts and investors look at. A growth in online sales with frequent attention being drawn to omnichannel marketing and investor presentations might suggest a need for disaggregation of revenue by sales channel. The revenue standard asks entities to disaggregate their revenue into categories that depict how the nature, amount, timing and uncertainty of revenue and cash flows are affected by economic factors. I think at this point, Renal, I'd like to pivot the conversation to impairment, that is the IAS 36 standard. The growth of online sales introduces cash flows that might or might not be independent of the physical stores we may see in the shopping mall. And determining cash generating units, as well as allocating these online sales to stores or these cash generating units, can be difficult to apply in practice and judgment might be required there. Do you have any helpful hints in this regard? So IS 36, the impairment standard, requires identification of cash generating units or CTUs. For impairment testing purposes, that's actually the smallest identifiable group of assets that generate cash flows that are largely independent of cash inflows from other assets or group of assets. Typically, the CTU will be an individual retail store because each location is considered to operate independently. For impairment testing, we need to allocate online sales to a CGU. So in order to evidence that sale is derived from a particular retail store, it's important that there's a demonstrable and direct link between the sale and the store. Goods ordered online from the comfort of a customer's home and delivered directly from a specific store to the customer or to an agreed collection point serviced by a specific store would be allocated to the specific store CGU. The link between online order and store is established because the store provides the goods. However, sales ordered online from the customer's home and delivered from a central warehouse would not typically be allocated to a specific store even if the customer has them shipped to a location in the vicinity of a store, or the customer's address is closest to a particular store. But you can see how this remains quite judgmental. Thanks, Ronal. I completely see how that remains judgmental. So we've just chatted about how to go ahead and think about allocating sales to CGUs in the omnichannel space. 
Moving on from there, Ronal, I think we're all really feeling the pressure of inflation and rising costs. If anything, this talk about impairment is um, topical of our wallets because our spending power feels somewhat impaired these days. <laughs> now, in these economic circumstances, it's only natural for stores to offer discounts to their customers, whether it's in-store or over digital platforms. Ronal, what should retailers be thinking about when it comes to granting discounts? So, sure, we all want to get a discount, right? But when it comes to discount programs, Things can get somewhat tricky because the terms of each deal need to be assessed separately, especially where retailers get creative in how they structure any discounts granted to customers. You've seen in the stores, there's quite a number of um, different approaches. Either you get a discount at the toll point or you might get a, a, a ticket into purchasing additional goods at, on, at a discount. So that's the first thing to bear in mind. Analyze each discount structure for its own facts and circumstances. But let's talk about a simple example. A discount granted on checkout at the toll point. Let's say there's a sale on widgets and a customer buys three widgets for 5,400 Rand. On a standalone basis, the widgets would be priced differently, such that the total selling price comes to 6,000 Rand if you bought these without the discount. So the discount, in fact, is 600 Rand. Revenue would be limited to the actual contractual selling price of 5,400. So the amount you paid at the toll. The retailer would apply the IFRS 15 model and allocate the total transaction price of 5,400 to each good being sold. This might make little difference if the control of the widgets are transferred immediately. For example, when paying for everything at the till and taking it home. But if there are different points in time for the delivery, one would expect the difference in timing of revenue recognition. So say, for example, if you have a bundle made up of services and goods. Providing discounts is usually an IFRS 15 task one would have to assess when, through the lens of the revenue standard, if the discount is provided within a revenue contract with the customer. Another important point to consider is that IFRS 15 only applies to contracts with customers. So where am I going with this? Things can get a bit more tricky if in the background, the supplier is funding the discount. In that case, there might be an accounting consideration for the supplier and the customer discount, either independently or they might be linked. Thanks, Ronal, for those perspectives. We've chatted a lot in this podcast. We have covered some reminders about changes in sales channels, with a reminder to watch out for principal agent issues and revenue disaggregation. We thought about how to allocate online sales to cash generating units for the purposes of impairment testing under IAS 36 and touched briefly on accounting for discounts. Thank you for joining us today, Renal, and I hope you'll be back again on the podcast soon to share some more knowledge with us. Thank you, Shreya. It was great joining in on the podcast and I hope to be back in the aisle soon looking at the top shelf. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. 
PwC refers to the South African member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com forward slash structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.